0: Don't go. Welcome to the Vinny Rock podcast. podcast. I Don't took go. the blows and did it. my way. It's time. The Vinny Rock podcast. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's the Vinny Rock Podcast. I've been on top of my game this week. Hey, I got another podcast for you. Sean Ambrose, this dude, wrote a book, and he is dope as fuck. He's actually been helping me a lot with some veteran stuff we partnered up, and he is a badass when it comes to creating. Um... Sean wrote a book called Ghosts of, Ghost of the Valley. I think you should check it out. It's going to be dope. You guys get to hear a little bit about it in our podcast. But before that, let's get to our sponsors. I'm going to start with someone a little different this time. I always start with Core Medical, but we'll jump back to them later. I love the fact that you guys always hit up my sponsors because they deserve it, and you deserve to get the, the, what you deserve. Fuck. Here we go. Either way, either way. Either way, Modern Gun School, go to at Modern Gun School on Instagram. You can check it out or you can go to www.mgs.edu. Modern Gun School is a distance learning armor school. You can use your VA benefits. You can use your voc rehab and you can do it from your own home. COVID free. Armor School. How about that? I think you guys should try it. If you have your VA benefits, you ain't doing nothing with it. Why the fuck not? Learn how to fuck with your guns. I think it's a dope-ass program. You guys should check it out. I've heard good things. I've had several guys jump on board and say, hey, this is pretty cool. So, if you guys are interested, go check out Modern Gun School. Barry Law. PTSD Lawyers.com backslash Rocco. You can hear my story. PTSDlawyers.com you can go check it out. Hit me up if you need that. If that link didn't work for you, I'll send, it to you, send you another link. But you let them know Rocco sent you because you want to get your VA benefits squared away. Because you want to get what you believe you deserve. Because you have many, many years of back pay and you need someone to be an advocate for you. I'd go to Barry Law. Those are all veterans who are running that place, who are making it happen, who care about you. Trust me, I know. I know them. If you guys have questions about that, I did a podcast with John Barry. You can check it out as well. Don't forget to hit them up. Let them know I sent you. G-M-R Gold. How's your gold looking now? Suckas, silver, and gold, precious metals are looking real good right now. I got a ton of it, and I'm excited about that. If I needed to sell, I would be winning. You guys can check it out. It's a good time for the family. I just got a box of the house yesterday. Haven't opened it up because we had football practice but today, when I get home, I'm going to open it up and check out what's new and have some fun with it. You guys hit up GMR Gold or Bullion Box. Bullion Box is a subscription base. It's $100, $200, $300 worth of precious metals sent your way every month. I don't know about you, but I really, really enjoy this subscription model. You guys go check them out. You let them know I sent you. Willie Peach Chocolate. I just had a guy say, dude, I tried one of his new chocolates and it effed me up. It was so hot. <laughs> you guys gotta try it man Willie Petes chocolates all right if they' if they're local to you order it however you want to. This is a dude who makes a chocolate out of his own home. Um, I just love seeing hardworking people do their thing and especially this is a veteran so I'm gonna support this guy all day every day. Beyond clothing, oh I'm excited because the winter's coming. I'm excited because the multi-layered systems that Beyond Clothing makes is perfect for this time. I'm, I'm just getting into learn more more camping, more hiking, and there's no other place I'd rather be than being suited up from head to toe with Beyond Clothing. You guys check them out. You know promo code is Rocco. Hit them up. Core Medical Group. Core Medical Group is a testosterone replacement, hormone replacement company that'll do telemedicine. They will do your blood anywhere you're living, any city. You just go to a lab core, get your blood work done. They will do the readings. The doctor will inform you on what you need to get yourself back to homeostasis, to get yourself back balanced in what you should be, feeling good again, feeling like you want to make love again, feeling like you're not depressed again. Trust me, these are all the symptoms of someone who has low T. You guys are sitting there thinking, I'm just not feeling myself anymore. I'm not feeling it. I'm not motivated. I don't recover as fast. You probably want to go check your testosterone levels. Oh, yeah. Don't even forget. You already know. They have erectile dysfunction medications. Again, it's just, that's a market that needs to be spoken more. That's a market that people are embarrassed to talk about. I'm not. If you guys are interested, they have it. What's up, what's up? It's is my boy Sean Ambers with me today. Uh, we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about his life and what's going on and some of the future projects and him also partnering up with me in Veteran and doing some fucking dope ass shit for the Veteran community. First off, my biggest question to you is, I see you wear a lot of LA shit. What's yeah, up with that? all the time. I'm from I LA, know. man. I got Are you from where at?
1: Uh, like 20 minutes south of downtown LA, like Redondo beach area. Are you really from Redondo, bro? Uh, yeah. bro I
0: spent my summers there all the fucking time, dog. Yeah. yeah I'm, out of here. Are you serious? I asked her. I'm, so I'm a beach bum, dog. Like anytime I had a chance to go down to the beaches, I would. It's very, yeah. very, it's not very common for the guys that I grew up with or the area that I grew up in. I grew up in San Fernando, bro. Okay, So I went to LA Valley Community College And then I, went to, I got kicked out of the, that baseball team For some stupid incident And then I jumped into uh, Glendale Community College Where I played my second year of college ball We went to the Junior College World Series Against Riverside oh, um, shit. It was fucking awesome we, we, we got second place, we lost to those motherfuckers But that year they had like 10 dudes get drafted It was a fucking awesome team to play against um, And then after After that season I got into another little issue That um, kind of took me out of Southern California, went into Chico state and played for a summer team out there called the Chico sticks and uh, had a really good t- season. That I got a full ride to at NAIA college in Kentucky. So I grew up in LA. Damn, I didn't I, know that. I, I, well, I grew up in San Fernando. Yeah. So, so the San Fernando valleys were like, you know, the Northridge mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a store manager for uh, champ sports. And then it, yeah. And, and if you know um, the Beverly center, I was a store manager yeah. for that, that store as well at one point. Damn, that's crazy. Small world. No shit. And I was curious, man, because I always see wear LA. Yeah. I usually always wear LA, but here's the problem. You're Utah now. I'm Utah now, right? Yeah, and I'm I actually know. trying to commit to that. So I got <laughs> rid of my Lakers shit, and I have- Oh, that hurts. <laughs> I know, I know. My dad's the same, bro. He's like, really? Like, man, I grew up with fucking Magic Johnson on my wall, bro. You know what I mean? Like, that was my poster. You know, kids have posters and shit. I had yeah. Magic Johnson, my brother had Michael Jordan. And it was Damn. like- I'm a Laker fan for sure. And I was there from the great times, but I felt like if my heart had to move, but that'll never stop me from being a Dodger fan. Like I'm a a baseball guy first, right? So Dodgers, that's my fucking team. And then I think if you grew up in LA like me, you know that we've always had this weird, what team do you go for in football? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like who's the team? You know, it could either be, you could be a diehard, just stay Raider. Yeah. You could be a Rams fan now you could be a who the fuck knows anyone else because our team figure out. it out yeah. it Chargers, right and so it's yeah. this funny thing where our football team is really depends on like how i guess how you were raised and who you decided to just say fuck it that's my team you yeah. know what i mean because me growing up uh, i had all the bandwagon fucking fucking dallas fans the cowboy fans bro <laughs> fucking hated those dudes i still hate cowboy fans <laughs> I don't know why, bro. I lived in Texas for a minute and I swear to you, everyone's a fucking cowboy fan. And when they win, they fucking are excited. When they lose, they're fucking excited. It's the weirdest fuck those fans. <laughs> those are not good fans. Bro. Oh shit. Uh, uh do you do you do you have a football team? Like
1: I don't watch a lot of football, but do you have no, football team? Yeah, I don't watch football as much anymore. I used to when I played it growing up and then baseball, obviously, but but I've been into basketball a lot. Uh just because I, I loved Kobe and stuff growing up. Um but, yeah, I, I guess I kind of stuck with the Rams. My dad was the, yeah. was the old Los Angeles Raiders, so I grew mm-hmm. up wearing the Raiders stuff. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, I don't know. I,
1: with, with L.A., we're just very loyal people. So, like,
0: we yeah. need the Los Angeles shitbirds. That's, that's our team. So. Yeah, exactly. You know what's funny is I moved to Arizona after the military, and I had all my L.A. shit. And Arizona has a lot of L.A. transplants, like, oh, because of really? the cost of living they've shifted into Arizona and you can just, you can just live better. Right. My dad dad just moved there actually from LA. No way. We're at, uh, it's like 20 minutes from, uh, I bet he lives by my fucking parents. What's the casino? Uh, there's one casino in Maricopa in Maricopa. There's a casino out there. What's the strip though? Not, not, uh, Vegas, the other like mini area. No idea. Damn. Uh, Yeah. yeah.
1: He he lives over there. It's like on the border of
0: Cali and Arizona. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's a little further from my parents, but I, I dude, Arizona is where it's at. If you're going to, like, retire, if you're going to try and get yeah. your money to spend farther, you know, you're going to go to Arizona. And we have a ton of LA people there. I went, so after the military, I went there. Then I went to Texas and Texas. And now I'm here in Utah. Yeah. But I work half the time in LA. So, mm-hmm. but fuck. Enough about me. Yeah. Fuck me. I'm nobody. It's kind of cool. I saw the LA shit and yeah. I had to see what's up. But Sean, tell me, tell me about you, man. We'll talk about your book after, um, something cool about the book is that I don't know if there's too many books on the, the, the military police and the side that saw combat. Right. And that's, that's, that's an interesting space that I knew about it, but we'll talk about that after. Let's, let's, let's get the people to know who you are and what's up. Uh, yeah,
1: I I don't really have anything crazy. I, I didn't grow up, uh, I'm like, I'm like your typical brown guy from LA. That's there's nothing crazy. There's no big secret. Uh, I grew up a normal family, divorced parents at twelve. I had great step parents. I didn't have a didn't have a crazy background. Nothing that really pushed me to the military to be, you know, like some some type of leader. I would never filled leadership roles growing up. Uh, I was yeah. maybe like a co-captain, but you know, played football, did track. Uh, like I said, just typical. No, 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 nothing crazy in my my life. Um, yeah, very quiet. A very quiet kid growing up in L.A.
0: Um, Did you surf? Yeah, I well, boogie board. I'm I'm, I'm a boogie board dude, too, man. And I'm going to go learn surfing as soon as I get to L.A. It's hard. It's hard. Bro, I imagine it is. And plus, I'm fat now. So who knows? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Oh, I got bad knees. I can't (laughs) get up on that shit. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to be bodyboarding. So, So did you join the military after high school? Uh, yeah, well,
1: sort of. I did like a semester of community college. I played for uh, El Camino. Uh, <laughs> no El Camino way. College. <laughs> yeah, I played a semester at Elco with uh, Coach Featherstone. We won a conference championship. Bro, um,
0: wait, how old are you? Real quick, because now, now this is getting really crazy. How old are you? Uh, I just, t- well, I'll be 32 in October. Okay, cool. So there was a quarterback that went there. His name's Boomer. Uh, yeah, yeah Quarterback for what? Boomer was a good buddy of mine Boomer oh, that's is a it. good buddy of mine Yeah, and he's probably Five years before you Or six years before you He's a well-known quarterback Yeah Stud dude But Elko was winning Championships then Before yes. I
1: came So I knew the players And yes. we heard of them And stuff like that Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Boomer
0: as a quarterback Was what is a really good buddy of mine Still to this day Yeah, that's crazy Yeah, so that's, so, that's why it's funny because we, we had very similar stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. I'm 39 years old, so just mm-hmm. to know the difference between ages, but still, same, same era. Yeah, uh, you're you're closer to my my wife is probably two years older than you so it's funny because in our conversation she's like what and i'm like man you're just in that gap of not understanding my yeah. jokes sometimes you
1: know what i mean yeah that's my wife so, too my wife's 38 so right. she's older than me
0: oh that's cool that's good it was smart you did that dude smart you did that <laughs> all right <laughs> but so you did your one semester or your one year uh junior college played football didn't work out or what yeah. was it academics was it injuries just, just didn't, didn't, didn't love it uh,
1: no, I, I just didn't. No, it was like classroom. I just did not want to part be a part of the classroom. I just got done with four years of high school. I was like, dude, I'm done. Like, it's not what I want to do. I've always had an interest in the military. Like I used to, you know, grow up playing army in the back, backyard with my cousins. And, yep. but I, it never clicked. It never was like, oh, I got to serve my country. But anyone in your any family? Interest. My grandpa served in Korea, but that's okay. about it. Um, my, my uncle was a SWAT team's, uh, he's on a SWAT team in Redlands. And then he was a pilot for the SWAT team. Um, so, so like
0: you that. saw a little bit, but you never were ingrained. So, like m- no. my life, my dad was a Marine. My dad was okay. a Marine, but nothing cool, right? Like, he he did like fucking, I don't know. He was on the tarmac, fucking directing traffic type shit. Like he's just, just he just joined to fucking not go to prison, right? He got in trouble, some bullshit, right? Yeah. And my dad, I knew he was military. But I didn't understand anything about the military. My grandfather was in the military. He fucking got kicked out for, for medical conditions. My uncle was military, he got kicked out for fucking drug My other uncle was in, he got kicked out. Like no one in my family actually fucking did it, right? Besides yeah. my dad, who I believe he got out early as well for some fucking reason, right? So, and I think it was I don't know, family like like his father or some shit happened, right? Yeah. Um so raised by my dad, I understood military, but I wasn't sure if my dad was just a dick. Or the military, he's training me like a soldier. Yeah. Or a Marine, whatever the fuck, right? I, later on, I figured it's kind of both, you know what I mean? <laughs> but <laughs> I never wanted the military because of him. Yeah. I was like, if that's the military, fuck that. I'm good. Yeah. Nothing. No. So what is it that motivated you?
1: I don't know. I just, like I said, I just didn't want to do the classroom anymore. And I I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll entertain it i'll go i'll go down to the recruiting office and see what they have to say and i was like any other douchebag night or 18 year old kid i was like you know i'll do five years i'll come back i'll do lapd you know just to say yep. i served you know same, everyone's a like, plan bro yeah I I everyone i'll has college
0: a ball and then i'll go be a cop
1: yeah <laughs> exactly so so i was like yeah that's what i'll do and uh first i went down to the marine recruiting office and this dude was like he was very aggressive in his uh bro, bro, in his was, approach and he was calling me every day for like two weeks at 6 a.m., he's like, so why are you being a pussy? Why aren't you joining yet? And I'm no, like, "No, are you serious? <laughs> this is the height of the war, though. Like, shit was Bro. popping off Iraq. It was before wait, the surge. Wait, give me a year. Give me a year this time is, frame. This, I joined 2008. So this is 2000, late 2007. 2000, 2008,
0: dude. So yeah. crazy. Okay. So he was, like, trying to get people. He's like, you going to fucking join or not? And I was like. Yeah, uh, so you, by 2000, those who listen, who 2007, 2000, you already had the decline of people. At one point, when I was in, it took eight months to get in. Because it was everybody oh, really? was trying to join. Bro, 2003. This oh, is the yeah, heart yeah. of it, dog. Everyone was like, yeah. I'm in, I'm in. So we had people just storming the doors just to get in that motherfucker. They didn't give a shit. Yeah. They didn't need to meet quotas. They had quotas. People showed up. Mm-hmm. 2007, 2000, I think it started to slow down a little and they had to be more aggressive because yeah. we've had an influx from 2002, 5, five. Six started to slow down, seven slowing yeah. down. So now you know they're like, all right, we need to keep the ball rolling on motherfuckers because yeah. the, the war didn't stop. You yeah. know what I mean? People exactly. just stop. The patriotic side of things after nine eleven slowed down. Yep. At two thousand seven, two thousand people still for, people forgot we were still at war. Yeah. They were like, you know, like, oh, we've been, you know, talking about war since 2002, three, four, five, six. Uh, I got shit to do. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I can see why the recruiter would be like, fucking fired up. And say, hey, motherfucker, let's go. Yeah. So and you're probably you in good shape too, dude. you like, you're oh, in yeah. good shape. They always see that. The yeah. guys who are athletes, like, we want that motherfucker.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, so it was uh, just a little too aggressive for me, and I was like, "Well, let me see what the army has to say." I went down, and I had I had a cook uh, recruiter, so you know that motherfucker was badass. Uh, he was trying to pitch everything, but he was he was very upfront in his approach, and he like told me what I did, not what, what I wanted dope. to hear. Yeah, he was super cool about it, and of course, he gave me the pitch. Oh, you want to be a cop? Why don't you be an MP? And I was like, "Uh, he's like, no, you could definitely see some combat still, but you get a little bit of handcuffs, a little bit of explosives." Mm-hmm. I had no idea, and only thing I ever wanted to be was a fucking ranger. That's it. But no. Yeah. Dude, no one tells you that MPs can't be yeah. Rangers. You, you know, you know, yeah, you're I know. Just obli- it's, you're oblivious. And so I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then I'll go to Ranger school or whatever. And and, and he's uh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just get through basic. We'll figure that out later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was like, I fell for it. You know, like everyone else, and uh, I didn't realize how much MPs were hated.
0: <laughs> but oh my uh, god, bro! Yes.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't. Again, I didn't know any of this, but it just seemed really fucking cool. So I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And so I did it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it worked yeah. out though. Yeah,
0: no, that's crazy. And so you're currently on year what for for your military career? I just hit year 12 in February, so nice. 12 and a half ish. Cool. Um, I joined in in 2003 when I did the delay ninja program and, um, bro, I hated my recruiter. I hated him. I thought he was a, I thought he was a fucking nerd and it bothered me, dude, because my perception of the military is everyone's an athlete and badass. Yeah. And the reality of it is fucking completely not true. It's 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Very few percenters like athletes. So that, I remember the first like little function we did where it was like delayed entry program, freaking gathering. Um, they had a volley, they had a volleyball court and a basketball court. So like, let's go play volleyball. And I'm watching these, dudes, like these uncoordinated motherfuckers. Like, Whoa, what the fuck am I doing here? Then we played basketball and I was like, all right, I don't know if this is for me because these dudes are fucking whacked, bro. And it's because my life has been basketball, f- football, basketball, baseball, my whole life. Yeah. I could pick up any fucking sport and feel really comfortable. I'm fucking athletic. I was fucking, you know, I had, hand, had hand-eye hand coordination. And these dudes couldn't fucking hit a volleyball, bro. And I was like, what the fuck am I about to do here, dude? Am I, if I join the military, is yeah. everyone going to be this uncoordinated? It was fucking scary. Yeah. I had the same thing with the Marine The marine recruiter. I asked him, like, because they're telling me all these bonuses are possible. I'm like, look, I got four years of college, no degree, but four years of college, fucking you know, I don't need the fucking military. I was going to go back to LA because I was in Kentucky. at some. I was going to go back to LA and start applying for cop. My dad's a firefighter. So I already did my EMT course. I was planning on doing that. When I was 18, I fucking had the LA city fire department fucking written test. I passed it and I missed my oral exam for a college fucking playoff game. Damn. Yeah. And, so and those are my dad's locked in. I was locked in, but those are my dad's friends.
1: Yeah. My dad's like,
0: look, Vinny, we're going to study, you know? And I was like, now nah, I'm good. You know, like, just dumb kids, shit. Like, I'm good. I, yeah. Baseball, baseball, baseball. Um, And so the recruiter, I remember, I said, hey, uh, the Marine, recruiter, I was like, my dad's Marine. Thought to would make him proud. You know, I'm like, ah, fuck it. My dad would be happy. I said, I said, so what kind of bonuses do you have? And he said, the bonus is being a Marine. And I was like, fuck this, dude. <laughs> fuck this guy. So I fucking left, dude. But yeah, dude, you know, we all have those weird fucking yeah. deals so i'll tell you man uh, an mp in the military i i fucking i yeah i mean like everyone else you hate the mp when you're when you're not in country when you're on base yeah. mps are public enemy number one, dude. Oh, yeah and it's funny because they're doing their job and in us in the military us guys who are out of that are not in an mp unit are just kind of douchey at times and think we're above the law ranger battalion we were assholes we were assholes. Bro. I was at JBLM. I know oh, second back okay. there. Yeah. <laughs> we were yeah. assholes, bro. I remember running from them and driving into our compound and then getting out of the car. I'm like, fuck you, dude. You're in our compound. Get the fuck out. <laughs> like we would do stupid shit, man. And it's just like, I, then I, I started to hear about, you know, convoy security and MPs getting that gig overseas. And look, I can be a. I could be a fucking smartass and say Ranger Battalion has the dopest mission in the world, us and Delta and several other special operations have the coolest missions in the world, but you forget about the scariest missions out there, and you forget about that, and you don't respect those those ni- uh, those eighty eight mics, right? right? Like, that's a fucking scary ass job. But also who's pulling security for those 88 mics who are doing long convoy security, you know, convoys to drop off the important shit to guys like me and other fucking units out there and the whole way terrified other fucking minds, whether you're going to get blown up or you're going to watch your buddy get blown up to the front, to the rear. You know what I mean? And it's in, I don't know why, you know, maybe it's just the way Ranger Battalion raised us um, and, and led you to believe that we are the coolest fucking thing. And, you know, at the time I think it's important to go to war and believing you're the baddest motherfucker on the block. But then later on, um, if you can't see through that and realize the truth is as we all need everyone in that, right. The support units, the fucking MP units, the fucking cooks, everyone has a place at war. Um, it's just ignorant not to fucking appreciate that, you know? And I started to like, I thought 88 Mike was like the dumbest job in the world. Like, why the fuck would I want to drive dude? Like, Fuck that shit. But then it is one of the most important assets you can have at combat is someone who can bring you the shit that you fucking need. And then not let alone, they're not trained to, to, to pull security for themselves. Who gets that job? It was the MPs. Yeah. You guys had a lot of those fucking missions and I'm not sure exactly your mission yet. Right. We're going to talk but yeah. but I know that mission alone. I started to be like, well, that's a good mission for MPs. Cause they're not just gate guarding. They're not just, you know, doing weird MP shit, I don't know, overseas. But no, they're legit in the mission. You know what I mean? Like, you get ambushed, who else is going to fight? The, the yeah. fucking idiot mics get very little training in shooting. They have fucking pretty much black powder muskets. You know what I mean? Like, these dudes are, aren't prepared for that. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it started early on in the war was MPs who took that role. And yeah. it's fucking beautiful, dude. Yeah, I uh,
1: so surprisingly, I've never... I've never been in a for my first six years. I was never in a patrol vehicle. Never even saw the inside of one. I was just deployment, deployment, and train for deployment, and and so I was getting pulled over more than uh, I think regular infantry dudes. Uh, MPs love to fuck over uh, each other. MPs to get other companies in trouble. Oh god, I, yeah, it's it's weird a world,
0: whole, weird world of fucking pissing contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so I, yeah, I've never, I've never wrote a ticket. I've never pulled anyone over. Um, when I was at JBLM two years ago as a platoon sergeant, that was like the only time I really worked the road. And as a E7 platoon sergeant, you're yeah. not really working the road. I'm the duty officer, so yeah, you're kind of facilitating all your te- your team. Yeah, essentially, I'm in charge of when the installation commanders at home. I'm in charge of the installation. If something pops off, I have to make decisions. That's essentially it. And right. like the most closest I ever got to pulling someone over was I saw some guy uh, blow through a red light on JBLM, almost hitting a pregnant lady trying to cross the street. Jesus! And so I just like flipped my lights on. He pulled over, gave him that butthole pucker effect, and I just kept... Just Bro,
0: I would have pulled that dude
1: over with no lights, <laughs> just as
0: a dick. Well, like, a, one like of the other patrols got him, but... Yeah, I would have lost my mind just as a, as a regular dude watching. Yeah. Like, some dude fucking almost hit some little girl here t- driving the kids to school, and he laughed. I drove by by him, and he oh, laughed. No, no, Red light. No, 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 I got yeah. out of my car. I fucking punched his window. I said, you better fucking wake up. And the kid was like, oh, fuck. And my kid's like, why do you do that? I was like, I don't know. I feel like... Oh, you were on the phone with me when yeah, yeah. I did some other dude. I yeah, the parking <laughs> bro it's i feel like i feel like it's my place to sometimes it's all of our place to put people in check that need it and we're in this world where i think too many people think they can get away with shit so it's it's you know what i mean but we'll we'll get to that later and so that's that's the significance of your career as a regular mp yeah And, and and the thing is that there's mps out there that like they've
1: done so much more than me on the road and like a lot of people don't and i don't know if you i'm sure you have but a lot of people who aren't on the bases or are in the military don't understand the things that happen on base are equal or not greater to than off post. Like you would think, Oh, it's military installation. It's a little bit safer and quieter. Like, dude, I've no MPs that like when I was in Hawaii as a patrol supervisor, uh, I worked a little bit there. Um, there was like, we would find dead babies in the, in the ditch on base oh because, because parents wanted to go out in Hawaii and party and have that Hawaii life. And they leave the kids neglected. Uh, I found a, and th- I'm sorry for saying this. I found a glass dildo and a fucking butcher knife in a one-year-old's crib uh, oh my on, God. on post. Uh, and because the parents were like, there's a like huge child neglect case. I mean, like there's crazy shit I, and the oh, MPs bro, have seen dead okay, bodies
0: all the time. So humans like, are humans, right? We, yeah. you know in the human in the human culture right now it, it's just fucking ugly and it doesn't yeah it doesn't there's no barriers between on a military installation or on a fucking down the street yeah shitty people are sh- everywhere dude yeah you know, so there's, there's a lot sh- of in the military sorry to tell yeah. you that there is <laughs> yeah. so I, you know so I, I had a lot of respect for a
1: lot of my younger mps that saw more, more of this stuff than i did but yeah but yeah when we got downrange We found out very quickly from when the war first kicked off in Iraq, where you're right, MPs did a lot of those convoy securities. Uh, They pulled extra security for, you know, route route, uh, reconnaissance uh, surveillance, stuff like that. And then we watched Afghanistan kick off from the surge in uh, 08, 09, and it was like our jobs changed differently. That's kind of what the book talks about as
0: well. Yeah, well, give me some insight on what, what, you know. So we found out very quickly.
1: Like an uh, MP company, 150 to 80 soldiers will deploy, and then the, usually they would get attached to infantry units, and then wha- whatever the infantry unit uh, needed,
0: essentially that whole platoon or company would go do and support that division. So, but, give me give me a breakdown on so those who probably don't understand. So your yeah. platoon is broken down just like an infantry platoon. Is it like uh, a little a little, well, a little I, bit bigger than you guys. I, I can't remember how many you guys roll in a platoon. Well, it all depends, right? It, but we do have four squads usually, right? You have your first squad, second squad, third squad, fourth squad, and then each squad has an alpha, alpha, uh, alpha team and bravo team. Sometimes it depends on like, okay. you know, like think of a net regular rifle unit. You'll have a fucking saw gunner. You'll have a fucking grenadier. You'll have another rifleman. You'll have the, the team leader and fucking, you know, so each team consists of four or five dudes depending on how stacked your team is. So yeah, you run a little bit differently. So we run
1: normally. A platoon is about forty-five dudes. You have three squads, uh, each squad containing four teams. Uh, each mm. team, is oh, okay. Three, each team is three dudes: a gunner, a driver, and a team leader. Essentially, got so, it. A little bit so, the
0: same concept, but just broken down differently. And so, when you got attached to an, to an infantry unit, did you keep your team together, and then you you pushed in? And so now you guys are an element of your own, or yeah. did they fully integrate you into the stack?
1: Uh, both, I mean, we've done both, but, but essentially, so I seen it to where my first deployment, they split all the squads up and they took, they took the platoon. We went to one base. And then once we got there, they were like, well, this infantry unit, this infantry unit and this infantry unit need each squad. So then we detached each squad down to the squad level. And it was like, the squad leader was essentially the platoon Sergeant and was running (laughs) himself. Sorry. He was running himself. Um, and, and the squad leader ran like a platoon sergeant. And so, um, like my squad was detached from blessing. We went to Bostick and we got attached to a cab unit from and blessing. Yeah. From blessing. That's where we originally started out at. Wh- which blessing For- Fob oh, Blessing. F- Fob blessing. Sorry. Yeah. You know, it's- that's,
0: that's, that's named after an army ranger. Is it really? Yeah. I yep. didn't yep. Know, I know that. Second no. Ranger of
1: town. Yeah. Cause it used to be camp blessing. And then when we got there, it was Fob blessing. Yeah. Blessing. Is a,
0: I is didn't a, know is a ranger. Was, yeah, it, he, was it with your unit? It passed before me, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Um, Jay, bless him, yeah. Um, so when you get integrated with an infantry unit, they, do, do they right away start teaching you their tactics when it comes to and clearing rooms? Do you guys mm-hmm. have training in that already? Do you oh, guys yeah. have like a fundamental basics of enter clearing rooms and how to do patrols and how to, how to, how to pretty much just do the infantry's mission? Yeah. Yeah. We have a pretty basic understanding. Uh, when we're not working the
1: road, we go direct. Like I've had guys work the road on a garrison environment, uh, have a day off and then they'll go right into the field for two weeks. And it's just training and, and Uh, We have our own like MP handbook, but we base a lot of our tactics off of the infantry handbook because we have to understand blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we have to understand what the infantry does essentially.
0: (laughs) Well, you guys are essentially. So then now, like me just putting it together in my head, you guys are essentially like a SWAT team, right? We do. We do have a SWAT. uh, We have a SWAT school. uh, It's like it's called special reaction
1: team. And they have like basic entry. Uh, well, we have a whole entry team. They do, they do ballistics,
0: explosives mm-hmm. uh, for for entering. They got uh, march observer, sniper teams. Look so, at man, and when you when you break it down, an infantry squad is very similar, or an infantry team is very similar to a SWAT team. Like mm-hmm. what I did outside, attached as a medic to a Bortac team, it was very similar to what you know, different mission, but very similar. Um, I guess SOPs for when you enter and clear room to how you pull security to freaking overwatch. Everything else is yeah. almost exactly the same. Right. Yeah. And so you guys already kind of had some kind of fundamental training in that. And yeah. then they just said, Hey, here's the mission. Yeah, we go. carry, we carry a lot of weaponry. Like, I don't know what infantry guys carry,
1: but I mean, you're talking each one of us, Every single MP carries a 9 mil. Then you, then you talk a dry, uh, drivers and gunners, 249, M4. Mm-hmm. So the, the gunner himself will have his 9mm, M4, M14 EBR, a 249, 50 cal, and then a crow or a, uh, what was it called? The little crow's nest swivel with a mm-hmm. 240, 249, and then an AT4 small D on the back. What just the, the fuck? Just in the gunner's hatch. And then on the inside you had all your extra uh, at 4 small Ds, and explosive boom bags, stuff like that. So that's, yeah, that's way
0: more than what we would normally carry. Look, You guys are, most of your guys are light and you have to dismount everywhere. Yeah, So carry- we have, we don't ever carry sidearms. That's not, like Delta yeah. will be the ones to start. And then our big gun team will, we'll have a, a sidearm. But yeah. uh, we have our fucking M4. Uh, I have seven, eight mags depending. Right. And I also have the breaching stuff on my back, whether it comes, you know, some kind of, you know, I usually have one or two explosives on my back and I put one or two on each of my fucking dudes back. So I can rip it off their back. I have all the initiators on my chest. This is a team leader team leader or squad leader pretty much would be very similar. Um, but besides that, I'll have maybe hand grenade. I'll have flashbangs. you know what I'm saying? And we're just yep. moving from room to room to room. Um, you know, on my team, you'll have a saw gunner. He'll have his magazines, depending on what he can run with in a comfortable state. We have our, 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 our grenadiers, he'll have a, a pretty good amount of rounds on him. Cause if we need him, he's going to be putting down some fucking hate. Yep. And then you got a couple other riflemen. And so, and then I was, when I first got to range, I was a Gustav guy. So, the first deployment, we we would bring the goose off with us if we needed it. Right, it was kind of like that fucking that anti ambush fucking weapon. You know what I mean? Or yeah. if shit's popping off from us from a distance, we can throw around out there too. So it just depends. But yeah, we, we carry a lot less than what you guys did. But you guys are a convoy more often. We're as more, in, yeah, we're
1: more mobile. But, but more. that
0: was there you go. But that's the that's the thing we found out when
1: we got in Afghanistan was. We, you know we took our mp doctrine we're like we got all this ammunition we're gonna roll uh yeah. and, and then they put us up in the mountains of blessing and bostic and that the kunar province area where it was not easy to maneuver mobile and then it was like everything doctrine that we do as mps got thrown out the door and infantry was like welcome to our world and we had to decrease some of our weaponry and we would would drive a lot of the time and the thing is that like Karzai, the president of Afghanistan, had like the, mm-hmm. these 12 rules, Karzai 12, and essentially we couldn't do things without, as MPs, without their police, and yeah. it was like everything was a joint patrol, so essentially we would just drive to the police station, and then everything was dismounted from there, and it was up the yeah. mountain, humping up to uh, elevation. And uh, you, you know. couldn't carry all that shit. No, so then it was, yeah. there was like a light infantry at that point, and, but we'd yeah. still take AT4 as a small Yeah, it, it, like it, it's
0: kind of like your whole team would choose on how you want to disperse yeah. that, and you
1: know. And essentially it was like, it, cause you guys had like, like you talked about four individuals, like say in a gun truck or a team. Yeah, four or five. Yeah. We had three. And so we couldn't just leave our trucks unattended. So it's kind of fucked up, but we would have like drivers and TCs would all dismount, your squad leader dismount. And essentially you leave your gunners up in the trucks by themselves and you would just battle lock everything from the inside. So nobody could come up inside, throw a grenade in and do nothing. And so the gunners are yeah. just all in the truck, all by themselves down yeah. the mountain, five, five, 600 meters away crazy like, good luck we're gonna go up here with the, the with the police and
0: yeah that's scary yeah. so yeah we do it a little a little different but but like you know same understanding and again your mission was different than our mission you know at the same time it, it was there's a very there's a lot of similarities to it you know yeah. and in your time overseas i mean i've seen i've seen your your little fruit basket on your chest when when yeah. it comes to some of your pictures and you've had some you know you've had some uh ups and downs and deployments and and mm-hmm. and what what drove you to writing this book and why? Like, what's the inspiration for it? Um, so I've had a lot of mentors in my career that is like, bro, you got to write a
1: book. And I, and I kind of, yeah. at the time I took it as a compliment, but I was just like, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm not. That's not what I want to do. Like, I don't, I don't like that vulnerable state. Uh, I, I, I've seen a lot of haters. I've seen a lot of this and that. I don't, I don't like yeah. putting put myself out there. Um, but people talked about how I had a very abnormal career. Like I said, I'd never worked patrol. Uh, you know, in a garrison environment. And when I got to Afghanistan the first time, because prior to the surge at uh, all the major installations, Bragg Carson, hood, all these places used to have an EMT school and uh, on the, on the installation, essentially you went through cc uh, 68 whiskey's AIT in a month and a half yep. time frame, And you worked in the ER and the paramedics on the weekends. And it was just seven days a week and you just powered through. And then you got nationally certified. So because I did so, that, yeah, that's what I did before the first deployment. When I got to Afghanistan and they started splitting our squads up with all these infantry guys, well, we only have one platoon medic and he had to stay with one. So it was just like, Hey, you got EMT. It's good enough for us. You're a medic. And I'm like, yep. "No, nah, I'm, so I'm going to pee. Like, yeah. Hey. So you became essentially a dubbed medic. Yeah. And so I would, planet. and it wasn't like a, primary combat lifesaver like they gave me scrubs and i would work in the forward uh, surgical teams aid station when i was not on mission or we came up yep. i'd pull duty in the aid station i had thursday night study sessions uh i had to be issued morphine like it was a sensitive item like it was yeah. the, the works
0: so yeah dude so it's funny so range um i did some My EMT before the military got in and, you know, they knew about that. I told them like, Hey, I have experience with the medical side. Uh, And so I ended up doing a lot of volunteer stuff, but like in Afghanistan, it was same. If we did some kind of lab, I was there. Um, The days that I wasn't on mission, I was working in the cache, and I was doing any kind of like dudes that show up fucked up. Right. And so I'd be working on, on, I remember a a special forces dude showed up and he walked in like, Oh shit. I'm like, you get shot. He goes, yeah. And I was like, let me see. And he showed it's a through and through. And I was like, where's your medic? He's like, I am the medic. I was like, oh fuck. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Right. So we went and did the x-rays and everything else. And it was just like the fucking best shot in the world, honestly. He got lucky. I seen that but, as well. I, I saw that from a yeah. seal. He came in with
1: a sucking chest wound and he just wanted something to eat. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like it was, <laughs> it was the craziest thing
0: I ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And actually that's what inspired me to get out and go into the medical field more. And that's why I was a medic for the Boar Star or excuse me, for BorTac in Border Patrol. Because I was like, well, man, I, I I've done the cool guy shit. Those guys are um, as badass. A, as a shooter. Oh,
1: dude. I was, I was down at the border when that all kicked off uh, as a platoon sergeant. Yeah. My platoon went down there and we were
0: building the wall. And yeah. I worked with those guys and they're fucking badass. Yeah, bro. It was, a, it was a good time, man. It was a good time to be a fucking medic for those dudes and, and help, you know, kind of change the SOPs for them. You know, they were real uncomfortable with having medics. And I'm like, yo, every fucking tactical team has a medic, bro. Like, you guys are no different. Like, what yeah. we do in combat should be the the learning lessons of what the Border Patrol and SWAT teams and everyone else uses. And every SWAT team has a medic. And for some reason, the Border Patrol is late to that idea or that concept and it was just these hard-headed dudes who think fucking being badass fucking SWAT dudes didn't need it uh and you know it, it it proved costly for them several times and so that's why they slowly started to integrate the medical side and respect what a combat medic is for a team like that it's yeah. it's essential yeah well yeah, shit be. i see i've seen you you have a purple heart man is that part of that's a part of a, a big mission for you or or I don't know how to bring that into the conversation. Oh, yeah. No, no I don't, I don't get, I no, I don't get sensitive over all that stuff.
1: So I, yeah. I've talked about this stuff for years. And that was one thing I talked about in the book. Cause again, the book is like, I'm not fucking. And that's what I Mattis. don't want to hit. I don't want to hit all the book because of that. Right. Yeah. Like well, no, so, yeah. you want people to read it, but yeah, I, I also don't want people to think that like, I'm not general Mattis. I'm not Petraeus. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to integrate some leadership philosophy that you don't already know. All, yeah. all the book is, 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 Hey, bro, this is what happened to me. And I'm trying to show you my vulnerable state. This is what worked for me. And so like, speaking of that, like my NCOs, when I came to my first duty station at Carson, they were very open about their experiences in Iraq and it helped them cope with it. At the same time, give me their lessons learned. And so when I found myself in Afghanistan, I could be like, man, I remember Sergeant Ring said he did this, this, and this when he was in Iraq. Yeah. War, war doesn't change. Uh, the battlefield changes, the terrain changes, but war itself won't change. And so I applied what my NCOs taught me to Afghanistan and so that same concept was in my mind when I got back from my deployments that I can't be quiet about this. Like I have to teach others my experiences. So when the next shit pops off, whoever that is with, at least my soldiers can have used my experience to their advantage, essentially. So, yeah. so I've always been very open about talking about what happened. It's not like a sensitive subject for me. Like it may be for others, yeah. you know? but that's just because I put myself in that vulnerable state a long time ago. Yeah. But yeah, the Purple Heart and uh, the, the first Bronze Star of the Battle was – from chapter five in the book, um, to very major battle. I think you're pretty good friends with, uh, uh, Romache. Yeah. So Romache, I was in his unit. I was in three, six, one cab. That's who we got attached to at five Bostick. And essentially what I went through in chapter five of the book, um, Lieutenant Parton was my Lieutenant. He was a cab Lieutenant. He was the platoon we got attached to. And essentially they took care of us and everything. And it was the same, the same, uh, cab unit, three, six, one cab. And, uh, what we went through was a prelude to cop Keating. It was a, exactly almost less than a month before cop Keating got overran and maybe 10 miles South of it. So mm-hmm. all the enemy fighters were moving into the location. They kind of used that day. They used essentially to try to cut off LT and his platoon. And we became the rescue squad to come up there. Um, they used that day as practice to then move into cop Keating just North of us. So it was just a prelude to all that.
0: So yeah. Fucking nuts, dude. Yeah fucking crazy. And, uh, you got to do medical. You did, you did your job as, as the, on the medic side of things. And, and, you know, and the book is called ghost of the Valley. We've been talking about it, but you can find it on Amazon. Uh, I think it's real cool to, to think about how many MPs join the military, not knowing what they're going to get into. And then hearing your story and saying, Holy shit. And it's, it's kind of a Testament to kind of prepare for everything, right. Or, or just, just be, just be ready. Because you never know when your job as an MP turns into just straight up combat guy doing whatever fucking you have to, to survive, to help others survive. You know, it's part of, you know, the basic training motto in in military is teach them, teach them all the basics to understand it all because you never know when it gets to that point. But luckily you had enough training and experience to, to put yourself in a position of trying to be the best version of you in combat and not like the MP who, (laughs) you know know what I mean? Because, you know, what? these guys, if you have the mindset of like, oh, I'm just going to be an MP, it's no big deal. Yeah. Like, no, motherfucker, you pretend you're potentially going to combat and you're going to be the knees of the army. And mm-hmm. and your time, Sean, it was knees of the army turned into, you're a combat dude through and through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, is medic, or
1: me, not medics, uh, MPs are listed as combat support uh, MOS. But at a, a drop out of a dime, they can remove that support uh, little <laughs> word. And yeah. then it's, they implement you in a combat. And, and things like what I experienced in the war now today, I'm at Fort Leonard Wood now, right? And at Fort Leonard Wood, this is the home of the MP world. Mm-hmm. Our, our commandant, everyone's the here. the instruction, and right? It's where they do the yeah. instructing? It's where they do instructing, oh. they do basic training. Uh, this is where our commandant, our regimental sergeant major is at. And so, recently, like, I'm talking about, like, within the past couple, well, past year, but the past couple months, they've been deeply talking about because of all these events that have happened and they've figured out MPs can do two sides of things. They're restructuring how MPs work now in our doctrine. And they're actually going to start taking away MP companies and battalions and like completely, um, just get rid of the units. And they're going to take us and put us in the division. So when the division gets activated, it's like, I am the fourth infantry division MPs. And it's
0: like, we go, and we're going to wear the division patch. And it's like the brigades are going to go away for us. Yeah. Well, it becomes like, you know, there's field and garrison. And and we we have the same in in the range battalion. It's like, in field mode, we don't have, we kind of just like, it's time to work. In garrison, in the range battalion, it's like spit, shine, boots, and fucking creased fucking uniform and looking appropriate. And so it's this funny, like field and garrison there's there's two different kinds of rangers sometimes like the garrison dudes um are are good at looking sharp and and knowing dnc and fucking all the fucking bullshit like Mm -hmm. the field guys we just want to go to war like i suck in garrison i I don't want to shine my boots i don't want to have a nice haircut i just want to go to fucking war you know what i mean yeah and it's the same thing as like the mps now have a very similar aspect where it's like the garrison side of it is one side of the, the the mps but the war side, right? The field side, yeah. it's a fucking multi-layered fucking system where you can be right there running and gunning with anyone else, or you can just be doing combat security, or you can just be doing gate guard, regular fucking, you know, basic MP shit. Yeah. And which to me, now looking back, is like what an interesting fucking job that could be in the future, what that turns into now, right? In in the military. Infantry dude is an infantry dude. An MP guy can be fucking multiple different fucking avenues and which is yeah. pretty cool and it's the first time i've ever thought of it right when, when re- reading i was reading some of your book and i was also reading like like if you if you go and just read about the book you're gonna be like oh i've never heard the details of that like i've never yeah. thought of that you know what i mean yeah. which is pretty exciting i think it's pretty cool for fucking for just the community of mps yeah and, and that's what they did by second deployment as well they essentially i
1: had the srt school we talked about that yep. special action team and um essentially i got back to the second deployment uh, our medic was having triplets. They sent him home. I became a medic again as a team leader. They gave me an additional soldier. So I had three, uh, just for my gun truck. And then, um, they gave me an M14 EBR attached me to a recon platoon, infantry recon platoon out of 25th ID. They taught me everything I needed to know. Uh, like they didn't already know uh, things that I just don't, I don't have the knowledge on as far as like being a little proficient in windage stalking and, um, uh, cyber precision, counter sniper, stuff like that, especially with the Hills that we were firing in, how to adjust for elevation when you're shooting up at them and yep. stuff, different stuff like that. And so they were teaching me that stuff. And then essentially they were just like, here's your additional soldier. Here's your sniper rifle. Your gun truck will drive driver and gunner will stay in truck. You'll take your third soldier. And then you'll go do counter sniper on the border, a pa- border of Pakistan and do what you need to do. So it,
0: it was just like, I'm going fucking MP. like, what happened to the whole handcuffs thing? And it just, yeah. So and it's now all of a sudden now you're doing counter snipering and yeah. you have to understand windage distance elevation. You have to have your spotter figured out for you. And you guys are like, well, <laughs> well, fuck it. We're learning on the job. Yeah. So <laughs> I,
1: I it, I've been blessed, man. I really have like the army's given me some great, great opportunities.
0: So I, I can't complain. Uh, it, it's really been fun. Well, I'm excited to get through this fucking book now, dude, you know, I and mean, my life is so fucking busy and we've been talking about from the beginning. I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. send it and fucking like, keep going and trying to, trying to support every fucking veteran I can. But you're one of the dudes that I'm like, oh dude, I really like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been, you know, I'm, I have that book on my, it's on my nightstand, legit all mm-hmm. my fucking nightstand. There's no other book in my fucking room right now. I just got to get my Hell fucking yeah. ass to do it. I'm heading to LA here soon and I'm going to have a lot of time and that's the book I'm taking with me on set and I'll be reading it. Um, and then I'll be passing around to the fucking dudes on my because they like to read some, some of the guys really like yeah. to hear the inside of fucking the veteran world. And Are you going to go out to LA and film another season or something? Yeah, I am, dude. This is the first time I'm saying it. Yeah. You, got, you gotta, you gotta take, oh, you are. Congratulations. Yeah.
1: You got to yeah. take a picture of the book next to some in and out for me. Oh, oh bro. Miss,
0: for sure. I miss in and out. Oh. And I'll take a picture of it next to my, my Mayans cut as well. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well shit, dude, um tell me where they can find you, tell me where they can find yep. your book and fucking, you know, anything else you want to say to the fucking people, bro. Yeah, uh I have a, I have two listeners, so they're, they're very excited about this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, on Facebook, you can find me at Sean Tobias uh, Instagram is chief pink miss underscore pink miss. Um, you can find the book on Nook, Kindle, Amazon, and we are almost finished with an audio, which is going to oh. be different. Um, I was very inspired by Red Platoon and Shay's book. I, I, oh my God. I loved his book. I, I love the the guy who read his audio book. Oh just, my
0: God. See, it was I, amazing. And next time you have an audio book, I have a dude too. That's really dope a mm-hmm. I, I guy's I, I fucking, I'm going to use for rest forever. So I'll, I'll get you his information next time too. Yeah. But yeah. A uh, fucking red platoon was amazing. So I,
1: a red platoon inspired my audiobook to do something a little different. So the, my publisher hired a guy to do the audiobook. I wish I would have known about yours, but he already hired this guy. He's good. He's got a good voice and everything. Um, And what we did was, you know how like in my book, there's like you're reading and there's like italicized versions. It was, like, mm-hmm. of like my internal thoughts in that moment what I did was I went to a recording studio over here and I recorded all those lines. And so the narrator is going to read the book. And then when my internal thoughts come in, you'll actually hear my voice. So it's like a double
0: narrator thing that oh, hasn't really like been that. done before. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. There's, you know, I like, did you, did you ever listen to, um, David Goggins book? No, but someone I, is actually going to send li- that to me. I liked his audio book, the audio book, because it was like a podcast. Oh, was so it? the narrator read his, his chapter and then stopped when they had questions and he, he dug deeper into it. And I think it's a cool way of doing it because it's more of an interactive style book now. Yeah. And the question that you're probably having as a reader and having, getting to hear the answer from the writer, I think, well, that's badass. Yeah. From the person whose story it is, it, it, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's fucking go good. Yeah. So yeah. Let, let me know when that's out too. And go yes. ahead. Yeah, but I just
1: want to say thank you for having me on. Uh, I I hope this book helps someone. I hope that we continue to... I know you and I share the same vision as far as like the veteran community. So I hope we keep powering through that. Uh, Like I said, this book is just a base... Uh, foundation platform it's not the uh, Tell-all uh, hopefully for myself Because I mean you've been in this industry you've been doing This for yeah. for years since you've been out this is Like my first thing but hopefully this is a good Foundation to the beginning uh, Of how I could
0: continue to give back Yeah
1: bro listen and, and, and work with better
0: so. Right work with better and I appreciate What you're doing there and when, when we can show the world What we're doing I think it's going to be huge impacts on people Yeah but if you get one Fucking message from someone Saying like your book inspired them and motivated them that's all it's it. trust me. It's all it is. Yeah. When you start getting that shit, nothing's fucking more motivating. It's better than a cup of coffee in the morning, dude. I tell you. So, yeah. so keep doing your thing. And as long as your heart's in the right place and you keep telling that story, fuck, I think vulnerability is huge in our community. You know what I mean? And I say community is in like combat dudes. Yeah. Vulnerability is important. It's one good for us, one for, for healing and two for others to hear the truth of like, Oh fuck, it's okay to have that feeling. It's okay to feel a certain way. It's okay to, to doubt, to question, to have insecurities, to, to all those things, you know what I mean? But, when you have an ego, it doesn't allow you to feel that, you know, and that ego is what kills a lot of our guys. I think cause they're not accepting that we can have emotions and we yeah. can struggle. And, and they can... don't ask those questions that leads to right. suicide. Cause they just let right. shit bottle
1: up. And I, I right. tell them like, you, you can't, and I talk about this in the book a tiny bit. I just, I talk about how like those thoughts that you have, like, and I found this in my first deployment, uh, I was dealing with a lot of those casualties and I was like, I was kind of accepting that a lot of them that weren't making it were my fault and yeah. even though it really wasn't but it's what I was telling myself and I was just like push that shit off to the side and I, and I realized that, that all I did was plant a seed and the longer I let it sit there that, that thing was going to outgrow yeah. something I could not deal with and so uh, I, you know a lot of those guys I hope hopefully they don't let that seed grow ch- into something too big that can't right. be dealt with
0: So, especially at a time like this when there's a lot of fucking quarantine and we're not allowed to hang out with our friends and give ourselves the, that yeah. moment to debrief and all the other things right like I think ego's our biggest killer. Ego kills and literally, literally fucking kills dudes because they can't accept the fact that they're human. We're fucking human, dude. And we fuck up or we... We hold on to shit that probably shouldn't and and we, we feel guilty. You know, I felt guilty for years, right? That I, I was injured before a deployment I couldn't go on where Sean Braz and Brim were killed. And I I felt guilty for years that like if I if I didn't tell the doctor, if I just fucking showed up, I'm a big dude, I could have taken those rounds on the chest myself. I I would have went into that room with them. All these things like fucking piled up, piled up, piled up. Fucking it it ate me inside and why I would became this drinking fucking idiot and allowed my life to kind of get out of control was because of the guilt that I let fester. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a lot of guys do it. And it's fucking up to guys like me and you to be open, to be honest, to be vulnerable, allow guys to hear the insecurities, like openly hear. I'm insecure about this. I'm, I, I'm, I'm weak about this or I need help in this. And to accept that guys like you and me have to be the voice of that. Cause if we're not who the fuck is, yeah. then everyone's eating their own brain so I love the fact that you're out there I love the fact that what you're doing and I love the fact that we've teamed up and fucking gonna continue to try and do some dope ass shit and I love the fact that you're from LA motherfucker what's Hell up yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. hey I'll be in LA for the next couple of months um, if you're there let me know if you can take some break time off work let me know Bro, I can't even guess I had a hundred mile radius still over here it's all yeah. it's still locked down oh uh, it's all locked down well either way dude fucking hit me up you know just shoot me yeah. a text from sometime I'm gonna get this to the editor and we're gonna fucking uh, make this happen Thanks yeah, for being on, brother. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, later. Later, man. I took the blow.